Welcome back, New Jersey football fans, to my Hats Off podcast. We are live in Moorestown here at the Senior Showcase. Tom Padgett, the Fieldhouse, Moorestown, the big night for everybody. Um, as you can see, Mr. Derek says he likes the look. We've got to represent the herd tonight. Thank you so much to A.D. of Woodbury, Dan Howie, for sending over the number one uni of the state champion, Woodbury Thundering Herd. Deron Moore wore this on Saturday as Woodbury beat Mountain Lakes in a state championship. He got the hat for the second time. It was well-deserved. I thought he was the best player on the field. No, All due respect to everybody else at Woodbury, Rod, there were a lot of good players in that herd. Uh, we saw who the real herd was as it was Woodbury. Thank you for sending over this jersey, this beautiful black uniform. I know how much Woodbury loves it. I love wearing it. It was a little bit tight, Rod. It was a little bit tight. A little snuggy. Good thing I lost weight in offseason, man. <laughs> if, if I didn't, I don't think I would be wearing this. Um, congratulations, first and foremost, to Woodbury and Millville on their state championships this weekend. Delcy fell just short to Old Tapan on Saturday. Tom's River North and Caldwell, the two favorites in the finals on Sunday, one in Group 5 for Tom's River North and Group 2 for Caldwell. Here we are. It's a beautiful night inside, as always. I have a senior showcase, okay? This is for anybody who's unsigned and is a senior and looking for a D3, D2 look. Smaller schools. We got a lot of South Jersey's best here participating. It's a big deal. A lot of coaches continue to keep abreast of what... Uh, <laughs> Duran says he struggles to get in and out of this jersey as well. I was thinking that before. Um, be sure to get with Coach Padgett, jerseygridironscout.com. He's got a ton of stuff. Underclassmen showcase as well. Most of these folks here are seniors, of course. Um, just a whole lot in terms of helping kids get college opportunities, get in a database where these coaches and in these college levels can keep track of who is who, what they like about them and give them more opportunities. Rod, your son's playing at Assumption. Mm -hmm. uh, Assumption's assistant coach is here. We've talked about this in the past here. How much does it mean uh, to have something like this? How important is this? Maybe kids need to know, you know, how vital it is to have a situation like this. This is like fish in a barrel for these coaches, man. It makes it easy. I mean, right now, yes, you get to perform right in front of the coaches that are out on the road. Um, a lot of sometimes you may get overlooked. Um, and right now we're dealing with Division One, right? They're, the portal. Yeah. You look at the portal, there's so many kids in the portal. So what happens is a lot of times the talent that may be D1 talent, Division One talent, uh, they get pushed down. You either yeah. get pushed down, you have to go to prep school, or you have to go to a JUCO. Um, but Division Two is a great option. Um, <laughs> I just made a post not too long ago. It's probably yeah. the best decision yeah. we made. We had some teams that liked, liked my son, but – um, ultimately, Division Two loved my son. Yeah. So that's a big decision when it comes to school. You want to go where you're loved, not where you're liked or tolerated. Because at the end of the day, um, even on a Division Two level, they are looking for guys out of the portal as well. So this is a great opportunity that's presented right here, right down the road. And you could come in and, and showcase yourself in front of 20 different schools. Yeah, and there's no question. I mean, when Tom Padgett came back in the area here a few years ago and started his service, talking to him and knowing the mission that he had and how he wanted to help kids out in the area he grew up. He played at Paul the Six. Son played this season for Cherokee. Um, 
He's just a great, great guy who knows a lot about college football, coaching there for years, mm-hmm. um, understands the every aspect of it, the academics, the different schools, what they're looking for, the coaching staffs, a lot of friends, a lot of networking across the area. So I know many of you and your kids are interested in playing college football, and no matter what level, um, Tom Padgett is someone you should hook up with. That's why we use him uh, on our shows. We always have his advertisements. He makes sure to give us some players to watch. We trust his opinion. It's a big deal. So all that aside, here we are. We're inside. We're in the dome. kind of felt like, hey, you know what? If we were in a dome Saturday morning, we might have felt a little bit better as that Woodbury game kicked off at noon against Mountain Lakes in a Group 1 state championship. And, you know, the rain, the wind, I I think the herd of Woodbury uh, were a little bit slowed down in the beginning. But once that rain stopped at halftime, they made no bones about it when they came out. They scored 57 seconds into the second half, and from there they rolled 31 unanswered in the second half. I want to go down a list of guys I thought were – Fantastic. First off, Anthony Reagan Jr., he could have worn the hat. 200-some yards rushing. He was like a bull in a china shop. Brian Johnson, good at quarterback. Jaden Johnson, his brother, excellent interception on a throwback pass. Continued to do what he's done. Uh, Dom Abitelli, always bringing that snarl uh, across the board. Uh, Also, how about a guy like uh, Red Row up front? Solomon up front. Everybody up front. Red Row 75. Who's 75? Uh, 75. I don't have I believe, the roster. Well, I know Derek's in here. Derek will tell us who it is exactly. But either way, everybody that pitched in was great. What Duran did that was really special, I thought, was right when Woodbury had turned the ball over and they're up 12 to 7, there was a play where a quarterback ran out, flushed out to the left, tried to break a tackle or stay up, and, and uh, Mr. Moore, number one right here, from the herd, separated him from the ball. Woodbury got it and went down, scored. And really, that was the end of the ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the stats right here, Rod, and we're looking at them. First downs, Woodbury 15-9 over Mountain Lakes. Uh, you look at passing yards for Mountain Lakes, 30. Um, 114 total yards on 52 snaps. Mm-hmm. Woodbury defense was outstanding. Avari Morton is number 75. Thank you, Kevin. Avari Morton played great. And I'll tell you what, man. He was – you could see him on the sideline. He was locked in. Right, um, right. This was, this was a game, and Jabron Solomon, of course, spectacular as always. We can go down the whole list of players for Woodbury. What I loved about this Woodbury team, they were continually explosive. Ibn Muhammad caught a touchdown pass. Yep, um, young freshman. When this team got rolling with big plays, Woodbury, they avalanched you. There are some teams that bludgeon you. Mm-hmm. And there are other teams that can just kind of have fireworks all over the field. And this Woodbury team was a special team. I'm glad that they won the state championship for those fans. I know mm-hmm. they were very excited. They traveled well. This is a team that was unstoppable for a lot of their time in the midgets with the Steelers, Rod. You yeah. know that? Yes, sir. And and you know what's funny? Um, I was up top. I, I once they told me it was a press box and yeah. I can edit up there, I was I was in heaven. I got to sit down and edit and make sure we got graphics and things out like that. But, you know, the guy next to me, I mean, he was just talking. Yeah. And he looks at he's like, uh, I thought Woodbury was better than this. He was like, <laughs> what's slowing him down? What's going on? I said, it's raining. And he, he was like, really? So, yeah, it's raining. So I think he thought I was trying to be a smart, you know what, yeah, right? Yeah. So the rain calmed down and Woodbury got on the road. 
Well, they <laughs> he did. He got on a roll, and he's like, what changed? I said, it stopped raining. Yeah. I'm like, it, Woodbury was able to do what they wanted to mm-hmm. when it dried up. When yeah. it was when it was it was nasty out. It was I mean it was raining sideways, so it slowed them down. They weren't able to do exactly what they wanted to do in the um the pass game that, that kind of opens up their run game. They mm-hmm. they passed to open the run. Yeah. And once they were able to do that, they just they just rolled. Yeah, the long completion of Solomon down the seam, uh, I thought was one that really cracked things open offensively yes. for them. They were able to complete that thing and get going. I was just incredibly impressed with them all season long. I was not at either of their losses, but got to see them bounce back from those losses. And, you know, I was really happy for Duran. And this is a guy that, you know, he got that late touchdown on the goal line, a guy that, you know, could be, could be a starting running back for and a starting linebacker for most any, any team, team in South wanted. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. He was so great defensively. The accolades were easy to spread around for this team, and rightfully so, and that's what a championship team should be. But his leadership, I thought, from the beginning when we saw him, was incredible. I'm sorry. I just got startled. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) I just saw a coach. And this is, is, I mean, we're here at Padgett's place. I'm sorry to to cut it off. We'll get back to Deron. Great. A guy just walked in that I met when my son was nine years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Down at Ohio State camp, he was a, a grad assistant. Moved on from Ohio State to was on Rucker staff. Mm-hmm. Right now, he just walked in and looked like he had a Fairleigh Dickerson mm-hmm. logo. But that's why you want to keep those relationships. Sure. So I'll make sure I speak to him. But um, I just wanted to get that because it just shocked me. He was on his staff with um, with Urban Meyer and some of those guys. So the network that he has, but. Well, I, I was going to say, Rod, you know, we're in this, in this uni tonight. I know uh, Kevin texted me. He's giving me a hard time. I, I told Dan if they won the state championship, I'll wear this uni on air. I, I, I love the black unis for the herd. I know they do, too. Mm-hmm. This is like – this is authenticated. I mean, this is the first state championship ever. It, the, it, the, the hat winner from the first state championship yes. ever – wore this uni i mean this thing is this thing is going to go up in in the rafters and they did you a solid they washed it it yeah. smelled it actually smelled good when i, when I took I think, it out the I bag i think deron's uni still has like some <laughs> some orange from the helmets and and oh, the man. and the unis of mountain I mean, lakes when he was laying them down those mountain lake guys i i watch things from a different perspective at times uh-huh. and i can tell you for a fact they went home and told their mom and dad I have never been hit like that before. Yeah, I mean, it was I, I hard in. Guarantee you, they. <laughs> I mean, one play, the, the kid comes up the the a gap, and Deron Moore just meets him right in the hole. Yeah, and it's just like after that, they he took their heart. Like they, no question. Woodbury started taking their heart. Big number seventy five. You know, he was just dominant on that line. Solomon was dominant on that line. They they started to take their hearts, and they. Yeah. You can kind of see the shift change. Well, and the guy point. who the guy who landed the ultimate glance that made sure this thing was going to be a runaway, we didn't mention Wilson Torres pick uh, yeah. six. Yeah, um, another great game yeah. for him. The Woodbury team was special all year long, and again, this is a team where the leadership and Coach Reagan, Coach White, Cro- Coach Shorts, the entire staff did a great job week in week out, continuing to be that three braided cord that Coach Reagan talked about, and that is off the field, coaches, players, alumni, mm-hmm. on the field, starters, 
backups and every other piece of that support staff, whether it's coaches, managers, anything like that. You know, there was just a togetherness, and I think that that's uh, pretty appropriate, meaning that it was the herd. Um, but they certainly thundered in that championship, the first state championship in public football history in the state of New Jersey, Woodbury 31, Mountain Lake 7. Um, it was an honor. It was, And I, there was a great quote that Duran told me after the game. He said, I didn't want to wear turf tape. Now, he, he had blood coming down his elbow on one of the plays, and mm -hmm. a trainer had to tend to it. Somebody suggested... Put some turf tape on that. After the game, he said, I didn't, I didn't even want turf tape for this or any of my arms because I wanted the scars from this turf to last for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's the guy you want to play middle linebacker on a state championship Absolutely. Team. Absolutely. That's, that's a great guy to lead your defense and lead your team into yeah. that moment. I mean, they're battle-tested. They, they had their lumps. You know, they, they, took, they had their ups and downs from years of, of getting beat by – you know, Paul's barrel and then the, yeah. the Salem uh, speed bump that they ran into. And they got over the hump. It's, it's sometimes it won't be pretty. You're going to lose a game or two. But they stuck together and they continued to fight and play together, which was a great thing, you know, ultimately coming down the end. Yeah. Congratulations to Woodbury. That was the first game of the weekend. The second game we had was Delcy and Old Tapan. Delcy lost that in the Group 3 state final, 24-14 to Old Tapan. The Golden Knights go on to win. For those of you who wondered if I would be true to my word, as I said on this show, I was. Nico Ottomanelli of Old Tapan hit a 46-yard field goal that proved the eventual game-winning points. He got the hat. He's the first player outside of South Jersey to wear the hat. It has finally happened. For those up north, I know Hector, I know Dwayne, I know Coach Ab, uh, and many others have been, have been clamoring for it. I think they thought maybe I wasn't going to come through, but we did. Nico deserved it. That was a heck of a kick, Rod, 46 yards. Um, you know, Old Tapan ends up getting another touchdown late. Mm -hmm. They go up and win by 10. But still, incredible kick, incredible game. I thought Old Tapan, you know, playing with a backup quarterback in the second half, he leads them down there, good receiver. I thought um, – one guy that really stuck out to me was Aiden Heaney, number six, in terms mm -hmm. of he caught a touchdown. He was running the ball hard. Old Tapana, worthy state champion. They were very good in their pistol. They were run. They could run it. They could pass it. Played good defense. Delcy, too many mistakes for Delcy, I thought, in this game. I thought um, there was a late personal foul penalty on a late hit on a third down stop that, that hurt him. There was a fumble that perhaps if you fall on it, you have a chance to go down and win the game in a tie game, and instead – Tried to pick it up, and it just didn't work out. Um, also fumbled on the first possession. Just not a Delcy-like performance for Delcy. And Old Tapan was able to take advantage. I thought they were really, really good, uh, solid across the board. Um, I don't know what you saw up top, Rod. I was, I was downstairs. But that's the way it looked to me. I thought Old Tapan played a championship-level game to win. I mean, you couple um, what was going on uh, with Delcy with turning the ball over. Um, just not themselves, the, the offside penalties, things like that, mm -hmm. with the way that, you know, Old Japan played, it just it just meant disaster for, for Delcy. Yeah. I mean, when you thought they were starting to get things rolling, mm -hmm. they would get a penalty, push them back, yeah. or fumble, you mm -hmm. know, interception. Interception, Just, just yeah. things that it's, it's, it's not, you know, the characteristics of what Delcy normally does when they're playing teams usually other team they're forcing other teams into those yeah. type of mistakes and 
it, it, they just didn't match up well once things start falling apart. Well, I thought losing Maxwell a couple of weeks ago at quarterback was a real blow for a team that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's the wing tee. Yeah. And, but, but when you've got a guy who's as sure-handed back there and knows that offense inside and out, one right. of your toughest players, and a guy who's a complete leader on the team, and other parts of the offense that facet off of right. that wing tee and things that they've been able to incorporate during the year, then fell by the wayside. And that's no knock on Jimmy Rear in the backup. It's just a matter of fact. You had Maxwell as your starter. He goes out. And in a game like this, it felt like to me in that game, they they seemed to be just pressing a little bit. And, and you know, sometimes mistakes can happen when that's the case. Well, that they, they had to start pressing because they weren't able to be as dynamic as yeah. they could be because of the injury of the quarterback. And like you said, it's no knock on Raritan, but he's a sophomore. Yeah. He's young. Yeah. The inexperience showed. Um, when you're in that situation, you're talking about the state championship. He came in late in the year. It wasn't like he was there all season where they yeah. can kind of incorporate things that he, do he does well. I mean, he just came in, and what his job was to do was just guide the ship and don't crash it. Yeah. And you, you – you're in a state championship games, and teams that are there are good. So they're oh, going to yeah. force you to do what you can't do. And those were the things. You didn't see many runs by him. I, right. I felt like right. if Maxwell is there, those op midline option, all of that right. stuff, they can pretty much run and get going. And they just weren't able to do those things, but I'm sure they're going to bounce back as well. Well, this team had an incredible season. Again, there's absolutely nothing to hang your head about losing in a state championship, going down by three in the fourth quarter on a 46-yard kick. Uh, a yeah, couple mistakes. That was amazing. A couple mistakes here or there. A couple things go differently. A ball bounces a little bit higher, and Delcy wins that thing. But that is the definition of playoff football, and specifically state championship football. The the margin is razor thin. This Delcy team did not lose in South Jersey. They were 12 and 0, um, other than. Uh, the Camden game when they were losing at halftime 14 to nothing. I think most of the other games, it felt like they, well, I guess St. Joe, they were behind as well. They came back and won. Those two games were really come from behind. But other than that, they really showed all year long that they were better than most of the teams they played. They were on their A game most of the time. And they had a heck of a season. Mm -hmm. For a lot of the people out there, you know, the talks around the water cooler or on the phone lines, and you think about, who is South Jersey's number one team this year? We're going to reveal ours on Wednesday night on the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show. It's a difficult decision to make. Um, to me, it is a two-horse race. But I will say this. Delcy didn't lose in South Jersey. And there are some people that place a lot of importance on that, and rightfully so. Um, they have a stake to that claim. There's no question. But we'll find out who ours are. Ours is on the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show back at Studio B on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with Coach Mack. I know Coach Mack's itching to talk about this ball. Um, he's all jacked up about what happened last weekend in Rutgers. And, Rob, what an experience that was, man. First state championship, able to see some history uh, for the public schools. I thought, despite the conditions, a lot of folks were there. Yeah, um, yeah they were running from the rain. They were up, up yeah. top. They were hiding. So it did look like it was an empty stadium, but – once the rain settled down, people start migrating back down to their seats. But um, great, I, great, great event. And I'll say this, man. I, I know there's a lot of commentary 
um, we see on social media and feedback that now is readily available all the time, right? One thing we always hear is, and I, I saw the pictures or whatever uh, over the weekend of, it's an empty stadium and it's a state championship. But let me tell you, it doesn't feel empty when you're there. The kids, it's not, it's the same amount of people that's at, the usual games is just less Come more on. seats. Come on, Mark. Did you just take a shot at Rutgers? No, 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 I didn't. No, that's okay. not what I meant. That's not at all what I meant. I meant at the sectional final games, it's the same amount of fans that were at Cherokee for those games. I got just you. just more seats. It just looks it looks empty. But, yeah, it, there are some college games that look the same well, way. Yeah. So, yeah, But at the end of the day, man, the, the bells and whistles – that Rutgers rolls out. They give you the same experience as if you were a Scarlet Knight playing yeah. there. The, the 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 horn going off when you score a touchdown. Yeah. You get the lights going off and they're flickering. I mean, it's just a cool atmosphere. At the yeah. end of the day, who cares if there are empty seats to the left or the right of you? When you're on that field, I walked down for the last game, Millville game, walked down, uh, saw Coach Thomas there and was standing talking to him, and a, a touchdown happened in the roar of the crowd. You could yeah. feel it. Yeah, it, it's a great, it's a great venue, man. It's a really good venue. Yeah, I think it looks a little bit different than it feels. Right. And I think to those kids right. to say, well, they should be playing these on home sites. I mean, I think it's pretty electric for a kid to be able to play the state championship, get in a bus, get in a coach. You know what I mean? Ride up. Get in that locker room. It's a D1 locker room. Practice in the bubble. Warm up in the bubble on AstroTurf. Come out there. See the see the replays on the Jumbotron. I don't think that needs to be adjusted at all. In no. fact, I no. think the way the playoffs were structured this year in terms of sectional finals, home sites, Cherokee State semifinals. Of course, up north it was Franklin. And I know the folks up north are, are not, not exactly yeah. pleased about that location because it's not as uh, – centrally located as Cherokee is for us. But uh, I, I really thought it was handled about the way I would have said before the season, let's just do it like that. And I thought, I thought it was. It, I thought it, it was done well. It was perfect. Yeah. In my opinion, it was perfect. I mean, it was a perfect blend of and, – and think about this. That Thanksgiving week when we're not playing games, right? Right. Before any major championship, you usually have a week off. Right. And then you play the following weekend. So you usually get that time space in between. Mm -hmm. I think I thought the public championships were held exactly how they should be. I agree. You were still able to sprinkle in your little Thanksgiving games here or there if you want to take it. Yep. And you know, come out next week and and play some good ball up at Rockers. Yeah, I liked it. I'd like to thank you to the NJSIA for for getting these state championships and for putting on a good event this weekend. We weren't back there on Sunday as those two games happened, but. We do need to talk about the Group 4 state champion, Millville Thunderbolts. We're going to do that right after this, so stay tuned. Here we are live from the Senior Showcase from Tom Padgett's JerseyGridironScout.com at the Morristown Fieldhouse. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Interested in generating a second income? Have you thought about real estate? If not, consider South Jersey Elite. They have eight total team members. All of them have come on in the last two years and had no real estate experience. South Jersey Elite will teach you from the ground up of how to get your license, pass the state test, get started in your first year, and build a sustainable model and organization when it comes to real estate business. 
They've Compass Technology Support, which is second to none in the industry. It allows you to streamline your time and marketing campaigns. South Jersey Elite, this may be just for you. If you're interested, have a conversation. Call 609-314-9862. That's 609-314-9862. South Jersey Elite wants to hear from you. All right, welcome back, New Jersey football fans, to my Hats Off podcast here live from Morristown Fieldhouse, Jersey Gridiron Scouts Senior Showcase. It's time to talk about the nightcap on Saturday, Rod. Uh, we had Millville, the Thunderbolts. You know, Millville came into this game. They had an incredible defensive stand against Hamilton. They ended up coming back and winning 18-16. to 16. In the state semifinals, they played mainland. They faced first and goal with the four for the Mustangs to put it away. Millville kept them off the board. They win that game 18 to 14. So they won 18 to 16. They won 18 to 14. They played a Turkey Day game. They won that one by a different score. But then they come back, Rod. They play in a state championship game against Northern Highlands. Look, this was not at all a masterpiece performance by Millville. I'll say that. I don't think there's anybody uh, that would disagree with that. But their defense repeatedly answered the bell again and again and again. And Northern Highlands is sitting on the eight-yard line on the last play of the game, and they didn't get in. They didn't score in the second half. Millville wins again, 18-14. to The defense was incredible. I could have given a hat to the entire defense. Lotsier Brooks got the hat for this reason. He had 113 yards receiving and a touchdown. He's one of the best players in the state. But the reason he got it, he blocked that field goal. He blocked mm -hmm. a field goal where, again, the OBG, Dennis Thomas is in here, assistant coach of Rutgers. Hey, Dennis, good to see you on Saturday. OBG stops him inside the 10 after a turnover. Hey, Coach Scanlon, one of our favorites. Who's now at Alvernia, former Clearview coach. They stop him. Brooks blocks a field goal off the off the edge. Turns out Northern Highlands is at the eight-yard line. If, if Brooks doesn't block that field goal, Northern Highlands is probably kicking a field goal to win the state championship. And instead, they get sacked on fourth down, and Millville wins the state championship. Um, 18 was the magic number. They they scored 18 in the sectional final, 18 in the state semifinal. 18 in the state championship. The defense is so, so good. And, and what I loved about them, Rod, in seeing all three of those games is not just how good the defense was. It's that when the defense went back on the field and had to answer the call, they never wavered. They never complained. They never, they never were upset. They never let anything temper their focus right and to me at a high school level that's pretty incredible uh and and they were given you know time after time after time in a fourth quarter against northern highlands to say one play you're back out there again one play and this could all go away and they stopped them every time i i thought it was tremendous man millville wins a championship um you know obg on a two-year run that's been pretty incredible 
forget everything I said last week that Millville needed to do. <laughs> That's what I was thinking the whole time. Forget everything. Throw everything that you thought should happen out of the window. Forget the defensive calls that should have been made, the offensive calls, the plays. Forget it all. Millville won the Millville way this year. Oh, yeah. So everything that we said they couldn't do, they did and still won the game. Yeah. Like, that's the end of the conversation. Millville yeah. went on to play their brand of football. And at the end, North, what was it Northern Highlands had the ball. At one point, did you think they were going to win that game? No. I didn't even. <laughs> we didn't, we I think knew they could have given Northern Highlands. To, well, they could have spotted them points. Northern and Highlands still would have won. Northern Highlands, really good team. I thought uh, the way they were there was a there was an exchange that happened in the second quarter that really summed up the way this matchup was would was going, mm -hmm. and that is um, Northern Highlands had a really long touchdown drive. Uh, they marched down the field, mm -hmm. converted a lot of passes. They they continually hit their star tight end um, in the flat. They end up marching down and scoring, and, and really, uh, it, was a, it was a really, it was a fine drive, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And at that point, they take the lead 14 to six. And you think, wow, that was, you know, pretty technical. Right. You know, they, they were like technicians. They went down and took care of business. So Millville gets the ball back, and in two plays, in 32 seconds, the score is 14 to 12. They hit Freddie Levon on a slant. He, he goes all the way down there. Naeem Sharp runs it in. And it's like it took so much to go down and score for Northern Highlands. Everything and Millville's like, all right. And then flip the switch. Boom. We're, we, the explosiveness. And then after that, being able to kind of work some man on number 10 and take away that throw in the flat. I, I just thought Highlands didn't offensively have any answers after halftime, really, for Millville. And that's been the case for Millville this year. Second half defense was just really, really good. Well, they put that stronghold on you. Yeah. And they're able to adjust, make changes on the fly, simply because they have the guys to do it. Oh, no question, yeah. So going from, you know, playing a little zone and then switching to man, that right there kind of put Northern Highlands in a position where someone had to make a one-on-one -on -one play. Mm -hmm. And those 50-50 balls and things like that, they're not getting those. Millville is getting those 50-50 balls. They're picking the ball off, and they're they're putting pressure on the quarterback to make quick decisions. And, you know, here and there occasionally they were able to get it off, but mm -hmm. for the long haul in that second half, they weren't able to get anything. So, um, you know, just hearing the different reporters from, from – you know, the different areas that have seen that team, they were kind of shocked as well that Millville was able to do what they wanted to do I felt, in the second half. I felt like Northern Highlands could have had 200 snaps on offense in the second half. They mm. weren't going to score a point. No, no. I, I really felt that way. And, uh, and you're right. Millville's got the guys. I mean, they have the guys. They have a supremely talented roster. They have great, 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 great players. And, you know, they play as a unit, man. They play as a unit. And – you can't – you cannot forget about that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that togetherness and the way that they played. You know, they fumbled the ball. They lost three fumbles. Mm -hmm. They threw an interception. They were, what, minus three in turnover differential? Right. They had 11 penalties for <laughs> – 
How many yards? 86 yards. We're almost 100. They yeah. had a turnover on downs on the final play of the first half at the one-yard line. All those things, 90% of the time, we just talked about the slight margin of error specifically for Delsey and their championship. If all those things, if you wrote them down, you're going to be minus 45 in penalties yardage. You're going to be minus three in turnover differential. Mm -hmm. You're going to you're going to stall out at the one yard line with a chance to take the lead at halftime. Mm -hmm. You're going to do this, 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 and the other team's going to have the ball. How many possessions inside of your 50 on the final? All these things. Most teams in a state championship game are going to lose no, if not, one of those not, things goes against them, and not Millville. They are not, the state champions of Group Four. And it's not most. It is, it is <laughs> all Millville. except Millville. <laughs> like, except they, like, Millville. like I said before, man. I, I was at home, and I'm like, they can't play this type of game. It's a state championship. This, that, and, and the whole time they were sitting there, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we need to flip the switch, we know what to do. Yeah. The, t the game-winning touchdown pass was Josh Samat. Uh, not Josh. I'm sorry, Jacob. Jacob Zamat. I was thinking about his brother, the assistant coach, uh, Jacob Zamat, who went 24 of 34. Um, with two touchdowns, he hit Brooks. He threw for 264. He also hit the game winner to Levon on a little pop pass there in the back, uh, kind of back line in the end zone on a nice play design. Um, look, I thought, again, they, they are the state champions for a reason. I will say when we were there, when I was there earlier this year, um, when they lost to Irvington, and I know many of you have watched the show, you probably remember me talking about that game um, up at Rumble at the Rarity. It was Millville had played Sunday against Thomas Jefferson at Battle at the Beach of, of Pennsylvania, and they, they had won handily. Um, that Friday night, they played a very good Irvington team who was the other team left standing last year when it ended at regional, regional championships in Group 4. Mm-hmm who coincidentally enough beat Northern Highlands in that game a year ago and lost the Northern Highlands in the playoffs this year. And I remember Millville losing that game. It was a game where they did a lot of things that just, it just didn't add up. It just wasn't their night. They said, we'll be back here. Mm -hmm. We'll be back here for the state championship. And I also remember a year ago after that regional championship, uh, Dennis Thomas said, let's set it up. Us versus Irving. Irvington. La State Bamba. championship game. Screaming. Yeah. He said, La Bamba. He <laughs> yeah. said, La Gamba. We, we want to, talking to the AD, Dave Lagamba. he said, La Gamba, let's set it up next week. That game didn't come to fruition. So they played at the Rumble of the Raritan, and Irvington won that right. game and deserved to win it. And Irvington's coach after the game said, Millville's coach won at Irvington. Mm -hmm. And uh, now he's at Rutgers, and I hope he's somewhere in the stadium tonight watching what happened yeah and millville said uh to themselves we're going to be back here mm. we're going to be back in this in this championship and hopefully we see irvington there mm. well i can say this for saturday night uh millville's former coach dennis thomas who's in the comments he was there in that stadium uh watching millville win the state championship and they are the only team left standing in group four mm -hmm. um so you know millville ends up kind of in a way with the last laugh um, you know, the Bolts, state yeah. champs, Rod, and up and down the roster, very good. They bring a lot of this team back. Some of the key players, Marcus offers a sophomore. Lotsier Brooks is a sophomore. Uh, Jacob Zamat is a junior. Naeem Sharp is a junior. Mm -hmm. More and more and more of these guys. Uh, Hale, I believe, is a junior. Mm -hmm. uh, Millville will be right there 
when uh, the season starts. OBG, it's lonely at the top, Dennis says. LaQuint <laughs> Allen was on the sideline uh, of Syracuse. Great to see you, LaQuint. Hunt it, doing his thing. Here's another thing that uh, we were talking about. Pat Rice, who does a great job covering the whole state in terms of his blog, he does a really good job. He was mm -hmm. there on Saturday, and he mentioned something at halftime of, well, what do you think? Is, is Millville in trouble here? And The way it, it kind of felt, Rod, this Millville season, as you said uh, a little bit, and I summed it up to Pat, is that it was a little bit like uh, the showdown at the OK Corral. And uh, Millville walks in, and the opponent's there. There's, there's bullets flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's craziness happening everywhere. And then the dust settles, and Millville's standing there, and they walk right out. Right. And they're chanting OBG. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened, man. It didn't, it, you know, it just adds up to OBG number one one of the first five public state champs, and um, I would suspect they are going to be one of the favorites to make it back next season. But that's a long way from now. We, we, the season's only been over for less than about 24 hours. Also, I, I know you got your hat on backwards here, Rod, mm -hmm. but I can't help but notice, I think, I think it's a Phillies hat. Yep. So I know something you and Trey Turner have in, have in common. You both wear Phillies hats. How about that? And Trey Turner? And our last name. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Your that's last my, name's Turner? My, that's my father's last name. All right. How about that? <laughs> you learn something every new on this program. So do I. Um, Trey Turner, 11 years, $300 million. Hey, he's the best shortstop in the game. Congratulations to the Phillies. Amber Smith is here, by the way. She commented in here. She's live on site. Billy's throwing back here uh, today. Um, we met Billy originally at one of these showcases. He's here, the Cedar Creek quarterback. Nate Mayers, Daryl Brown Jr., um, a lot of folks here. Oh, Billy's not a senior. He will be back next year. But thank you, Amber, for the support and all you guys for the support um, all season. Let's talk about Group 2 and Group 5. Rod. Do we have to? No. <laughs> Go ahead. We do have to. We got to salute all these state champs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Group yeah. two yesterday, Caldwell mm -hmm. beats Rumson Fairhaven 18-14. Same right. score as the Millville game. Right. Um, very interesting game. There was a fake field goal. They went for a touchdown for Caldwell. No um, replay. There was no replay. The foot was out, it looked like, on the picture. It was, it was ruled in. Caldwell ends up winning this thing, they extend their state-long winning streak to 28 consecutive games. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Rumson obviously upset with the way things went down, but I had a call here from uh, Robbie Davis of uh, the Shore Football Report before we went on air talking about, you know, why not the instant replay? And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say whether there should be instant replay or not, okay? I'm not going to do it because last year there were two plays – that looked like instant replay was needed. And I think instant replay was used. And I think both times the calls might not have been done correctly it, with instant su replay. A little suspect. So they took it away. Um, it's just not administered through the year. So they figured, you know, it doesn't really make sense to administer it in the state championship. It's not the proper protocol. Mm -hmm. um, could it have helped yesterday? Absolutely. Did it help last year? Eh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the answer. Uh, to that quandary, but I do know this. Caldwell is a deserved state champion regardless. They were an incredible team. I feel bad for Rums and Fairhaven. 
for that being a part of. Mm -hmm. The same way last year. I mean, when we talked about that Cedar Creek um, Camden East side game, I felt terrible that that, and I think everybody felt bad that there was something disputed about the result because you don't want to take away from the right. winner. You don't want to uh, say that the loser should have won. Um, just very, it's very disappointing that it comes down to something that close. But again, that's football, and it is a game of inches. Um, in the Group Five championship, Tom's River North did what they had been doing. The Mariners, uh, very clearly, in my opinion, the top public team in the state. They beat Passaic Tech. I think it was twenty-eight to seven. Um, you know, at, at Tom's River North, they bring a lot back as well. They, I would imagine, That's they'll scary. finish about two or three in the state overall. Yeah. Um, it, Micah Ford, incredible. I think somebody said he's the Heisman type player. I would think he'll probably be state player of the year. Do you, yeah. Ron? No, no question. Um, some of the conversations and people never saw. They never had the chance to see uh, Tom's River play. And my first question to them was, how big is the front line right. <laughs> that they're playing against? Right. If they're under 6'3", they're not big enough. <laughs> I mean, just legit, they're able to do things up front that allows Michael Ford to keep, get going. And when, they see, when he's at that second and third level, he's a dangerous guy trying to tackle him one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, he has power, he has speed, he has it all. Mm -hmm. And, and, the, and the, another part of his game is the passing game, which is really underrated Yeah, because he's able to do so much. Yeah, I, I mean, they, are, they were a machine. Yeah. And, I mean, he had yeah. cramps yesterday. Right. So, <laughs> Bear says they covered my spread. They did. <laughs> How were the spreads overall, Bear? I think you had – please chime in because you – it was good to see you, by the way, at the state championships. But, um, yeah, you, you came through. They, they, like I said, Ford had cramps. He's in and out of the game. The backup quarterback was in, and they still won the Group 5 championship by three touchdowns. Right. Very impressive. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. it and doesn't. They, and they come back. Yeah. And they come back for another run. Yeah. So, so you know, we're talking about the likes of Millville, Tom's River North, the turnover. They're able to lose guys and come back. Yeah. You know, last year the question was, how's Millville going to be without LaQuinn Allen? Right. They came back this year and showed you what they were like. Right. Now they may have a couple guys that are leaving out, but they still have those main pieces there, which are their linemen and the receivers. Same thing goes for, you know, Tom's River. Those guys come back. You got Ford. <laughs> you got Council. You got all these yeah. guys. That, I mean, yeah, amazing. It it's is. Amazing. I just realized Moore and Brooks both wear number one. Mm-hmm. And they both got the hat on Saturday. Yeah, they yeah. both are number one. Yeah, state champs. Brooks, this was history. Mm -hmm. A part of history on Saturday, Rod became the fourth player to wear it three times. No one has worn it more than he, Deron Holloway, Jada Byers, or Monty Williams. One more, and he's alone well, in first I'm, place. And I mean, it's it's, it's he's inevitable. A, he's a sophomore. It's going to happen. I mean, we don't we don't have to we don't even have to bring that up. If you go to <laughs> we don't two, even I mean, have to bring on. that. You, I mean, you're going to go to two to three. <laughs> we don't even have to bring that up. Well, Listen, two to three Millville games. He's going to get the hat. Go down in history. Like you, you may have it, have to change the name in five years to call it the Lassier Brooks Hats Off Award or something. Like I mean, 
The dude's a sophomore. You know, he's still <laughs> he's a baby. A, he don't even have hair on his face yet. So what is he going to do when he's a senior? We're talking about two years from now. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, Just go ahead and give it to him now. Award <laughs> is happening. Very, very <laughs> deserving. He says we don't we don't yeah. even need to talk about that. Yeah. Um how about the fact that he he performed the way he did. He's just so impressive. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So impressive, man. And um I like the use of him this this week. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to get a coach a, a shout-out. Maybe he was holding back during the season, didn't want to put him in harm's way. He felt like that there were games that they can control to get some other guys going for the state championship. But mm-hmm. they came out right away, That going, not to go back to it no, uh, really do. that deep. But, you know, they, they went to him early and often. And that's something that – we kind of looked at that they should do early in the season, but in in the final game, he went to Brooks right off the bat early and often to get him going and and get every that opened it up for everybody else, you know, this weekend. Um, in looking at at Brooks and the things he can do, it it really is incredible. I, how about Rod? Something I tweeted out earlier. I was going back through today and looking at. Uh, the seven-on-seven seven we had in the summer. Mm-hmm. I know you were in Florida living it up. But, yeah, a little bit. But the seven-on-seven seven we had, we had 12 teams there. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the five state champions were there in Woodbury Millville. They were both there. And not only that, they were in the same pool in pool play. Mm-hmm. Woodbury didn't win a game in their pool. The right. other two teams in there were Camden High, who won the state, who went to the state semifinals, and Lenape, who lost in the sectional finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, all 12 of the teams were playoff participants. Um, we had you know, we had a lot of participation. Maybe we have to get Thomas River North in there next year. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be great. Yeah. Be a lot of fun. Um, I'll tell you. It's never too soon to start planning, Rod. So, you know, we'll have to come up with a date when you're not going to be in Florida this time. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very interesting to see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm planning on being here this year, though. All right. Good. A lot of things happening this summer. So, All right. So I think what everybody wants to know, other than the state champs, and I, I will say the non-pub champs, of course, they were settled a couple weeks ago. We mentioned them um, on our preview show last week, Bergen Catholic and non-pub A. Uh, Avenger lost to Don Bosco and, and beat them handily at MetLife. And DePaul Catholic beat Red Pen Catholic in a good game for mm-hmm. non-public B. Uh, Rod, I know you're excited because your Buckeyes have reached the playoff. Are you excited that they're in, or are you, you know, wishing they were number three and not number four because Georgia looked pretty impressive the other day? Nah, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, you we, we have a month. I mean, we just. I'm not super excited about it because you don't, look, you don't um, look super excited about it. Right? Yeah, Smith. You know, we had our top receiver. He declared for the NFL, uh-huh. so he's not he's not going to play. We have two running backs that they need to get back. I mean, if they don't get those players back, it, it, I mean, it, it really wouldn't matter if we were playing Michigan or Georgia. Right. Right. But I will say, Ohio State at their peak with everybody. Never know what could happen. I, I kind of know what could happen this year. But I, mean, I think Georgia's just far and away the best team. I, I mean, it, it happened, you know, 
for the first ever playoff when, you know, they put Ohio State up against um, Alabama. Yeah. And everybody expected Bama to roll. When you have a month to game plan, you can kind of find weaknesses. But that Georgia defense is, I mean, Ooh. they are legit. So I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win because I, I haven't been convinced that Ohio State was all that great all year. But I'm not going to, you know. I know you're I a little it. bit, you're not as thrilled with the coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a month yeah. to prepare, guys. No excuses yeah. if you're watching Buckeyes. Rod yeah. is giving you a month before he will. Got to get healthy, though. Re- Take a look at your contracts and see if you'll be invited back next year. If it was up to me to see Gene Smith over there, he playing around, man. He's playing, he playing games. I, I he would have been gone. You know, you 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 got to bring in some somebody who understands the culture. Ryan Day doesn't understand. He think he had in, still at Indiana or somewhere. I don't know where you, you know where he think he is, but it's it's a different culture. Well, I'll be sure to give you a hard time about it. Yeah. Um, Quincy, good to see you in here. You know, you know what it's like, and I'm gonna say this. All right, it's like, you know, that's like bringing a wing tee to Camden High School. I, I mean, you can win with it, yeah, but the fans are going to be like, "This is not right. us," you right. know. So, in the state of Ohio, all of the pass happy and the, and the small DBs and the small line—that's not us, man. Like, we're, we're hard-nosed, big linebackers, we're thumpers, we're going to run the ball, you know, downhill. That's the brand of football that the state of Ohio wants to see. And when you're winning, it masks it, mask it a little bit, but, excuse me, but right now, they got to get back to it. Well, they got to get back to something, and they got to figure it out. They got a month to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, Georgia also has a month as well. But Georgia, I'm watching Georgia. I'm thinking about that Eagles pick that's the Saints pick probably in that top mm-hmm. five. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, mm-hmm. which one of these guys could the Eagles get? Because any of them look pretty right. good, just like last year. They got yeah. Davis. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Eagles in a great spot. It's been a they, good season, hasn't it? Yeah. They're, they're picking their draft picks this year won't be because of need. Right. They could be, pick the best player. And and that's huge when you're drafting. You're not reaching for a guy that you think is going to be good. You, you actually are able to get a good football player, plug him in, and play him. Am I biased in saying Hurts should be the MVP? Am I wrong? Is it just because we watch him weekend? I know he's the top two. A lot of people have Mahomes first. I say it's Hurts um, because I'm. He's he's. And he's the Eagles quarterback we see him week in and week out. We know how good Mahomes is. Am I am I biased or is it Mahomes? Um, I don't think you're biased. He has a shot. I mean, he's able to do some things. But they have to look at the voting system has to be a little different this year, especially when you're looking at what hurts bring. I think they're doing one, points this year, yeah, right? One, one week he could have 300 rushing, and next week he could have 300 passing. So – He's he's a different type of quarterback candidate for the MVP. Yeah, you know that they're u- normally used to. Well, he looked great passing the ball yesterday against Tennessee. Uh, carved him up. AJ Brown, of course, had a big game. It's been a great football season all around. I mean, the Eagles mm-hmm. have done well in the area. Obviously, um, that's a big deal. But really, South Jersey football. You know, they represented from the beginning. I thought we had a lot of compelling situations. We had a lot to talk about week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to talk with Coach Mack on Wednesday night and get his thoughts and kind of put a bow on the whole season. Uh, I thought 
for the first time having a state championship, we showed how good the football can be here, specifically in group one. I thought Woodbury, that's exactly the way we, we assumed it would go when it came down to the state championships. The Woodburys, the Salems, the Paulsburs, the Woodstowns of the world would be the best group one teams. Uh, I think Woodbury demonstrated that. Mm -hmm. um, you put If you put Salem on that field, I think Salem could have beat that team too. Um, I, down I to agree. It. Like I, I, th I oh, really no think question. the state championship was the week before. Um, those that man, that's oh, two, no that's two ninety five is something serious. Man. Yes, that's two ninety five South is something serious with those teams. And we have two teams. Um, we have a few teams in Group Two. I think next year are going to be pretty tough to beat as well. Of course, Haddonfield will be there. Um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But Gloucester brings a lot back. That was a team as a sectional finalist. And Willingboro brings almost everybody back, and that's who beat Gloucester. And they made the state semifinals and lost to Rumson. I think Group 2 will be nice. I think Group 3 is going to be steadily good as well if, the, if things stay the same. Cedar Creek brings a lot back off this year's team. Camden will be good again. Yep. Eastside will be very, very good. They had a lot of juniors. Uh, four, of course, you're talking about Millville. And Group 5. Group five, Tom's River North will be, again, the prohibitive favorite next year. But South Jersey will have some opportunities to develop some programs into that top stage um, in terms of the states. So th there's a lot There's a lot going on. Here we got, little we man. got a guy in here. <laughs> little man, dog. Yeah, he's he, he's he doing is, some drills. He got those uh, retro Jordans. He is dogging them. He's walking on the hill of them. And I know you're a sneaker guy. I am. <laughs> so... When you guys have kids, man, you put them kids in some sketchers with lights on them. <laughs> you don't let them dog the yeah. retro. L.A. lights. <laughs> no, L.A. gear LA is what gears. it used to be. Yeah. Um, Battle at the Beach should be extraordinary next year as well. we got a lot of matchups. I don't know how many have been announced, but from what I've heard, there's going to be a, some tremendous matchups in that one next season. You know we'll be there, Rod, down yeah. the boardwalk. Yeah. Some of these coaches in here doing more eating than scouting, man. <laughs> well, I ate beforehand. <laughs> And I might even eat afterhand. Um, you all, it has been a pleasure. I don't know if the Hats Off podcast will be. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, Rod, but I do know this. So far, uh, I'll say stay tuned to find out where, where you'll see us next. Mm -hmm. But this has been great. Uh, yeah. It was great chopping it up with the kids and the coaches and the parents out here. Mm -hmm. Coach Padgett, again, does a great job. JerseyGridironScout.com. Um if you're, you know somebody who has a kid who's playing high school ball or your kid's playing high school ball or you're a kid and you're playing high school ball, go there. There's a lot to help you um, in terms of getting your name out there and getting your stuff out there in front of college coaches. Yeah, and I can't, I can't say it enough, man. Um, if you're a D1 guy, you, you will know off the rip some guys are the, the borderline. They can go D1 or, you know, they could go D2 mm -hmm. or they can go D3. It's not that big of a difference in some cases. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, don't cut yourself short. Tell, tell the parents and players, open up your options. Don't, yeah. don't have them in one. What's going on, man? I haven't seen him since, like, sixth grade. He's a pretty good How quarterback. He's out of, yeah, he's out of Rawway. Um, we had him in one of our events. Uh, he's getting big, big kid. But, um. But definitely open up your options. Don't don't close that door. Um, like I said earlier, it's coaches that they move up and down the ranks. You see right now uh, what happened with Coach Prime. 
Yeah. You know, leaving, you know, Jackson State and going to Colorado. Now those kids that have kept good relationships, were mm-hmm. good in the program, different things, they, some of those guys may get an opportunity to go play up at our bigger D1. So uh, just, 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 just keep your mind open and, and keep the communication open with the coaches that are reaching out no matter what level it is. Absolutely. It could change in a heartbeat. Well, and anywhere in life. Yeah. You know, anywhere in life. Uh, make sure you maintain those relationships and show people the love and care that you would appreciate yourself. And mm-hmm. you'll never go wrong on that token, whether no matter who you are or what line of work you're in or, or what you're doing. Um, yeah. Something we always try to do is show love where it's, where it's needed. Yeah. And, and we always get it in return, especially from you viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in. But do not forget Wednesday night right here, wherever you're watching us, 7 p.m., South Jersey football frenzy show. I want to hear what Coach Mack has to say about the state championships, mm-hmm. what he has to say about the 2022 season. Um, I think he's got a little bit more, a little bit more hair gel left for this for this final show to put a bow on it. Um, until then, we'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you again for tuning in to my Hats Off podcast. Rod Self, Mark Trouble from the Morristown Fieldhouse Senior Showcase, JerseyGridironScout.com. Congratulations, Woodbury. Group 1 state champions, first public state champions in New Jersey history, and Millville, the Group 4 state champions. Those are our South Jersey champs. Also, congrats again to Group 2, Caldwell. Group 3, Old Tapan. Group 5, Toms River North, Don Bosco in non-pub A, and DePaul in non-pub B. Congratulations, guys. It was a great season. Seven teams stand alone at the end of the year. That's the way it ought to be. We will be back on Wednesday. Until then, my hat's off to all of you. Thanks for watching.